Man Up, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. I am Joe Stopulis, and I'm joined again today by Brig Sorber, who is the president, founder, CEO of Two Men and a Truck. And if you heard last week's episode, you know that he's on fire for the Lord. And there's so much more to cover today, so let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who wander through the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So yeah, if you heard last week, if you didn't hear last week's episode, please go into the podcast and listen to it. Um, it was it was awesome. Again, I mentioned last time that you know I, he came and spoke, Brig came and spoke to my Rotary Club, and you know I thought I was there to hear about a business talk, and he, he and he did. I mean, his his business is incredible. How they built it from literally two men in a truck up is an incredible American success story of what entrepreneurship uh, and and hard work can do. That said, uh, halfway through his story. He gets to what he wants to talk about, which is the importance of faith. And I tell you, at my Rotary Club, it's not too often when you have some CEO come in and talk about how all of this didn't matter. How when he and he reached the pinnacle of success, it didn't matter. And it wasn't until he found Christ and put Christ in his life and had gave him the proper priority. It wasn't until that moment that. Um, that he was truly happy. And again, I, you, I listened to a lot of talks of, of famous business people and whatnot. And this one was one of just, it was awesome because you could tell how authentic he was when it came to talking about the importance of his faith. So we are going to head to a short break. And on the other side, we will have Briggs Sorber back for part two of his interview uh, regarding faith and work and everything in his career, but most importantly, finding God and the importance of doing that. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Intervisions Healthcare, empowering men and women to make the most informed, life-affirming decisions for themselves and their families. Learn more at IVHcare.org, IVHcare.org. Thank you, Intervisions Healthcare, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Construction Professionals. Construction Professionals does remodeling and new construction. Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you to our business partner, Big Red Q Quick Print. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am joined again this week by Briggs Sorber. He was the founder of president and CEO of Two Men in a Truck. And if you were on last week, you heard all about his story. Uh, I'll give a little summation of it here in a second. But Brig, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Joe. It's great to be back again. Thanks. Hey, if you missed the first episode, go back to the podcast, listen to episode one. Uh, but I'm going to do a little summation here. Brig, uh, born and raised in Michigan, a very blue-collar family, no faith really to speak of in the family. Um, he works his way up uh, really, his main goal was to get away from 
poverty, right? You kind of said that you right. really just yeah. work your way away from poverty. And in doing that, you found tremendous success, uh, but that was without God. And so you reached uh, age 33 or thereabouts. You're, uh, you've reached the pinnacle of everything. You've got lots of money. You've got uh, a wife, kids. You've got the Audi A4, which is apparently very important. And the Frank Sinatra <laughs> CD that you mentioned. Uh, and you realize at that point that you're supposed to have everything and you're not happy. And you find that you've got this God-sized hole in your heart that's not being filled. And then the Lord just started working on you through your wife yeah. and then through the Bible. And it's such a great story. And there's so much to unpack from it. Uh, and so I want to—I actually want to start on this episode, on this piece of it, um, diving into the work side of it a bit and how you built the business, kind of how that worked. And then once kind of there's this transition after you found the Lord, and how you poured into your employees and what God did to your life. So can you kind of talk to us about the beginning of Two Men in a Truck? How did how did it start and how did you grow it? Yeah, it started. We had a, a six. Our family bought a '66 Ford pickup truck from Michigan State University. It was an old ag truck. Um, had a hole in the floor, Joe. I mean, I was driving down the road. I could I could watch the road underneath my feet. Um, <laughs> that was my high school truck before driving a pickup truck was cool. Um, but we loved it and. Uh, we would haul our lawnmowers in the back of it um, and we would, it allowed us to get to more lawns. So we used to pull our lawnmowers behind our bikes. Um, and from there we started hauling um, yard waste to the dump and then other things to the dump. Um, and then uh, we started doing some, you know, used furniture deliveries in that truck. And then my mom started a business where she would, um, she would go to estate auctions and she would buy furniture and then she had a little store in downtown Lansing. She'd clean it up and resell this stuff. So she had an old, uh, like a 15 foot step fan that she would use. And she asked us, my brother and I, do you want to use that instead of the truck? We thought that was a great idea. And that's when we really started looking like two men in a truck. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother named the business on uh, men at work movers. Um, and our, our ad read men at work movers underneath that two men in the truck, $25 an hour. Um, my mom said, um, why don't you, uh, drop the name men at work movers and call yourselves what you are two men in the truck. So that's where our name came from. The logo came from, um, uh, we would take $3 from every move that we would do. And we put it in this candy dish and at our, on our kitchen table. And, um, that was our ad fund. And my mom, uh, took a Sharpie marker and a napkin and she drew a cartoon truck and two stick men and, and put that on there on that dish. And that's real. That's where our logo came from. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, we were grinders, uh, brother, brother, John and I, uh, we were people pleasers and we just kept, uh, growing that business. Then we went off to college. My mom called us and said, you guys, the phone's ringing off the hook for you guys. Uh, can I hire a couple of guys and keep this going? My mom loved the business. And, uh, we said, oh, for sure. Cause that was a bonus that when every we came home from Christmas or summer break, we had a job. Uh, she would later, a couple of years after that, um, she would be the one that would franchise the business. And just so your your listeners know, this was not a quick money maker. This my mom worked two years, uh, not paying herself, uh, eating ramen noodles every day. Um, she'll tell you that it was the best time of her life. I, I tell her that she's crazy, uh, but she she loved starting that business. And then all of us kids, my sister Melanie came in and was a huge part of taking it to the next level. Um, and I kind of came in, helped Melanie, and then it was my turn to kind of run the business. And so it's just been a family affair the whole time. And then like any really successful business, you hire outstanding employees, you take care of them. They start growing with you. Our franchisees became like family. Most of them became like family to us. And we all just 
we all just uh, knuckled it down and, and just grew that thing. And, and, you know, and we learned as we went, I mean, it was like any business, uh, you know, you're, you're going to learn things. You have to persevere mistakes. You have to learn from those mistakes and you've got to put yourself second. You got to make sure that your customers are taken care of, making sure your franchisees, uh, your frontline people are taken care of, your corporate people are taken care of. And when you do that, and that's what I talk about, bring money in through the back door and not the front door. And what I mean by that is there's so many businesses that are just like, you know, they're going to cut, they're, 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 they're going to cut a value from the customer. They're going to uh, beat up their vendors. They're going to do all this stuff to get that money in the front door. It's, that's not a business that can sustain itself. So everybody that touches that, that brand, that logo needs to be successful. And that's what we learned along the way. And, as an example of that, Joe, I mean, take, take a look at vendors. How many businesses beat up their vendors? How about make them a strategic partner? How about you pay them? Uh, it doesn't matter. You, you negotiate with them. Don't get me wrong. But once you negotiate with them, figure that out. Make sure you pay them. And they're in a separate eyes for your business. You know, as your business grows, guess what? Their business grows. So they want to make sure. So you just take care of that. You take care of the, uh, the nonprofits that, that, are, that you do business in. Make sure that you take care of the community. Your money and what you do comes in that back door. And so many businesses, you think that's business 101, right? There's so many businesses that go out of business because they're trying to, you know, win the, the war of the dime and, <laughs> or the penny, you know? Well, I think another cool thing about your story is you talked about, you know, and we happen to have that same day, a, a group of people who do, who do moving, right? So they kind of have their own little moving business um, that were there. And you were, you were talking about how, your goal was again not to make money but to help people live a better life and you talked about that a lot can you just speak to this idea of teaching people how to fish right you were really yeah that was a main piece of what you were talking about yeah one of the things i'll tell the movers and it was the same thing i told those guys you're talking about i sat at their table as a matter of fact i saw there was a a group full of movers i went i'm not sitting at the main table i'm sitting with these dudes (laughs) i love those guys because they were just reminding myself my kids um but you know when I talk with my movers, I ask them, raise your hand if it was your goal in life to be a mover. It's like, wow, nobody's hands going up. You know, it's like, but what I tell them is that, you know, uh, opportunity shows up in dirty boots and Carhartt coats. And what you have to do is uh, take advantage of the opportunity that's, that's in front of you. And I'll tell those movers, I said, your area of influence is like maybe this one of these square, one of these square carpet chunks that are underneath them it's like that's all your you know when you start out as a mover you don't have a lot of a a big area of influence right i mean your goal is basically to sweep out the truck help help the driver back it up obviously move furniture and that's it um don't look down on that and that's i think that people want instant success i think it's a huge mistake it's like no dominate that i mean when when we were at uh the peak of two minute truck uh you know right before we sold we had ten thousand employees uh, we had uh, 3,400 trucks. I mean, if you lined up those trucks bumper to bumper, it'd be an unbroken line of 20 over 25 miles. I would tell those guys, be the best at showing up on time in uniform and, and be proactive in your job and getting that stuff done. In your area of influence, you'll be asked to be a driver. Guess what? Your, your area of influence just grew to two squares. That, you know what that's called? That That's, you know, that, that's called moving forward in, in your life. And then what you do is you show up every single every single time, and then pretty soon you're an office manager. You're a move manager. And then from there, um, 
half of our franchisees, 49% of our franchisees started out on the trucks or on the phones. Can you imagine that? And many of them have um, multi-franchises. Many of them run multi-million dollar businesses and they don't have college educations. How could that possibly happen? Maybe it's because they treated their job like it was college. Because I would tell these guys, do you realize in your position, you are going to manage people, time and money and equipment. Start looking at at where you are, your building, that's called a career, Joe, you know? And so you, you start telling these guys, you, you've got to buckle down and grind and take care of the things that are in front of you. And that's what I would tell these guys. I said, my goal is when, when you guys are hired, I want you guys to stay with us. But if you don't, I want you to be better than, than, than when you first got here. And let's help you build that resume. Two men a truck, we had an online resume building kit. And when you show your employees that, you know, again, it's it's taking care of them and, and through the back door, not the front door, not trying to squeeze as much as you can out of them, but help them grow, help them know that our goal here is we want you to be the best mover that there is. And we want you to show up every day and do a really good job. But in the meantime, you're going to build your career. Hopefully it's with us, but maybe it's some, somewhere else. And uh, I don't know, it's like five or six years ago, I was talking with our president, Randy Shack at the time. I said, can we figure out where some of our movers 15, 20 years ago or what they're doing now? He's like, oh yeah. So we got our marketing director and got on social media and we started fishing to find out where, where some of these people are. We had a, uh, we had a uh, rocket scientist at NASA. Uh, we had doctors, um, Tim Hudson, who's a pitcher for the Atlanta Braves who, who now is in the hall of fame was, he started out as a mover. Uh, we had them from, you know, teachers, cops, everything. And they were just talking about the things that they learned and, and, and what they use in their job now that they learned from two men in a truck. So it's one of those things of just bringing hope, you know, uh, to, to the hopeless. And, and unfortunately, I would tell some of those movers or some of you guys, okay, you're given the opportunity. You're just going to jump from one job to another. Uh, you're looking for the easiest way to make money, the easiest job, and you're not making um, hard decisions to build your career. And you're in this room. I, I don't know who you are, but you're not hurting my feelings, but that's the sad part, but it's really up to you because, and I tell those guys, nobody owes you a damn thing. I mean, you have the opportunity right in front of you. You live in the wealthiest country in the history of the world. Uh, opportunity abounds. There's people coming from other countries that are literally dying to come in here to eat our scraps. And so don't pout about being a mover Take a look at the advantages and the things you have, the tools that God get lays out in front of us and start using them. And a lot of them connect with that talk, that language, that message. Well, I think it's because they've probably not heard it anymore. I mean, I think that language was very common. Like I'm, I, I actually, my grandfather wrote his autobiography, so I'm reading a lot about it right now. And like, they came from nothing, right? Yeah. He, they owned a grocery store, and he, dad worked seven days a week, and he had to. He was very entrepreneurial and had to hump it, and you know, same kind of thing. I, it's they probably could have not heard it. And I think what's so cool about your story, especially when you bring in your conversion or reversion or whatever to Christianity, whatever you want to call it, is clearly you care about the people across every spectrum of your company, right? So you're, you're telling them, you're giving them this message of hope that this is not just a job where you're getting paid a, a salary or an hourly uh, amount of money just to make money. You're, you talk about, I'm here to help you make your bed in the morning, get up, clean, like fix yourself. God gave you a purpose, find it. And hopefully two men in a truck can help you 
lift yourself out of where you're at today and get to a better place. And I thought that was so cool. This message of hope you had, because that's how you, that's how you be successful in business is by pouring into your people at all levels and inspiring them to be the best they can be. And I think that's such a great, it's very Christian, right? That's a, that's what a Christian business owner should do. Absolutely. You know, putting yourself second. Absolutely. And then, and then when you see these people, these young men and women uh, mature and grow, and then they start doing that for the people uh, that are reporting to them, uh, that is the most satisfied, satisfying part. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that is when, when we try to figure out, maybe this is where we want to the conversation next is how you balance faith and work. You know, I think, People get a little scared about, as you mentioned, about having the, the Ten Commandments at the office, or whatever those things are. But we have to bring it. We can't compartmentalize our faith, right? Our faith needs to guide everything we're doing. And yeah. so you have to bring it into the office. Now, again, to your point, you don't have to beat people over the heads with it. But if they don't know you're a Christian, that's a problem. That's a problem. And it's it's also uh, when you start uh, rolling into the success of it and, you, and, and your business becomes successful and it's outpacing everything it's like please please fight me on my faith because the you're, you're talking to an urban planning and land use regulation manager from northern michigan university i i don't think i could do that on my own you know and it's like you know you can scream that there's no god in this all you want but the the success uh is around us uh, my, my book does get go into way more detail of, of different examples of some of these uh, crazy things that we did. And then where you march on, Joe, is the understanding that, you know, you get this pagan brig um, has this conversion moment. It doesn't end when the business becomes more successful than it would have been if on my own. It doesn't end there. Pretty soon you get this hunger and this drive of, I know I'm scratching the surface. What if I pour more into my faith? What does that mean? And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm traveling around the country uh, speaking uh, with, in Catholic groups, Christian groups, is that many of us are not really pouring into uh, really into our faith. We, we've come to a certain point. And we're checking up on it. And uh, I just saw on the news the other day that two thirds of Catholics um, believe that the Eucharist is symbolic. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I mean, that's the basis of our faith is that's the body of Christ. And it's like, these are things that um, as I'm getting deeper into my faith, um, I'm realizing that we're leaving so much on the table um, and not only business wise, but you know uh, what's going on with, with, with our younger generation as well and, and our kids. And um, you know, maybe I'm going too far too fast yeah. here, but it's I, like, I, I, was, I was, I was, I was looking into it and it was like, um, for every person that joins, this is just an example, but this it holds true with all all faiths, all Christian faiths. But the Catholic is for every new Catholic, six Catholics have quit our faith, so we're shrinking. You've got two thirds of Catholics that, that believe that the Eucharist is a symbolic thing, and then I read on a separate news thing altogether that seventy percent of Americans consider themselves unhappy. Now I'm a land use urban planning, language, <laughs> uh, you know, graduate from Northern Michigan University, but I'm not a mathematician, but do the math on that. I mean, it's like we're pulling God from, from everything, uh, from schools and we're pulling them from, from our businesses. And it's like, do you see what's going on here? And it's not just 
you know, we, I, I think a lot of us are being shelved and um, God, there's so many different things, like so many different directions I, I can go with here, Joe. So I'll shut my mouth and let well, you know. Well, no, I, I'm just saying, I, I think it's so great having come from you again. I, I mentioned this a little bit last time, but you, you lived the American dream. I mean, you, you had accomplished the American dream at age 33. You had lift yourself up by your bootstraps, built an entire business, had a beautiful wife and kids and the whole nine yards. And it wasn't until you realized that this can't be all there is, right? And you hear that story with some frequency, right? I mean, I think I had a great one where I was at a uh, FCA event and this guy was, uh, I just won the the, the NBA championship. Uh, he played, played in Kansas, won the NBA championship with the Heat. And they're doing the Heat Parade. It's 2006, I think. And they're they're yelling, you know, it's like, oh, it's like four days after they won the championship. It's like, repeat, repeat. And he's like, man, I just reached the pinnacle of life. <laughs> Right. And now they want more. Like it's that's they want great, to do it again next year. And it's like a great example. You Joe. Realize that you can't. That there's not enough to fill it up. And I think you're so you're you're, you're preaching the same gospel I preach, which is um, I, I had a, a pharmacist that I work with. Uh, and this guy he owns he sells a lot of drugs. He runs a very big pharmacy. He said that if people believed in God and had work ethic, I'd be out of or sorry, eight healthy. If they believe in God and ate healthy, I wouldn't have a job right. because. All the antidepressants, I mean, there's so many people that are miserable because they don't have a relationship with the, the creator who made them. Yeah. And here's the thing. And I'm again, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I learned immediately that when I got to that point where this isn't making me happy, there's a lot of people that go like, you know why? Because I, I need more. I need more. And so what they do is they, they look out and they see their happiness. It's like a, a mirage in the desert. You know, they see the little the little lake and the little palm tree. Oh no, it's, it's beyond the next one. And it's like, that's, that just leads you to ruin. And mm -hmm. thank God I, I looked at that one. No, I can do the math on this, that more wealth does not equal more happiness. It just doesn't. And, and that's something that we have to break um, and realize that it, you know, that is just, a, it's a trap. It's a trap. All right, we're up against another break. I'm going to just, if I can hold you on for another three minutes afterwards, we'll close it up. I got a few, a uh, couple last questions for you. That's okay. Yep, absolutely. All right, we're going to do a short break. We'll be right back. St. Vincent de Paul helps so many people. You're right, Zoe. St. Vincent de Paul Executive Director Steve Havman here. We are serving over 32,000 local residents with food, clothing, furniture, and financial assistance annually. We invite you to learn more about all of our life-changing programs that positively impact so many Iowans by simply Googling St. Vincent de Paul of Des Moines. Our mission is to help those in need become self-sufficient through education, community connectedness, and unconditional support. Help us help others. Even kids! Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, joinserra.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. My help comes from you. You're Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Still joined with Briggs Orber, the founder, president, CEO of Two Men in a Truck. It's been a great two episodes, and I have the last few questions for you here. So you have a book. It's called Moving Forward. First off, where can we get it? Uh, you can get it on Amazon. 
Okay. Uh, it's probably the probably the best way to get it. And yeah. I'm assuming documents. A lot of stuff we're talking about. It talks about your your the business building it, and then I'm assuming there's a faith component too. And it's a whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean, we you did a great job, Joe. The questions you asked to kind of give a ten thousand view, yeah. ten thousand foot view of it. But I. And, and I just want your listeners to know it is not a book that preaches. Um, why was I a pagan up until I was like in my upper 20s? Because I hated people that preached to me. And so the book is a lot about my personal stories. And I lay it out there and I had to get my wife's my, 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 my wife's approval because, um, you know, we, we're, we were dealing with stuff. We got we got pregnant in college. Uh, we were dealing with, uh, you know, abortion issues. We were dealing with. Uh, just being, I was never poor, but I was broke. We were broke for a long time. Um, but, you know, I share a lot of that stuff, but we want to do that to help people. And so, and everybody has a story like that. And I think it's important that, not that my story warrants a book, but I think what it does is it brings out the stories that we each have, because we each have to talk with our kids or our friends, or our neighbors. We all have to be impactful and hopeful to them. This story will bring out your story, and how, how we can share and evangelize. And um, so that's what I want your uh, your listeners to understand. Not a preaching book. If you get it, you read it, it's a preaching book. Um, I don't know. Throw it in the lake. Um, <laughs> if you see me down the street, throw it at my face. <laughs> I, it's not a preaching book. But I, I, I do think it does bring out all the things in, in people's lives, not just mine. Yeah, last question before we wrap it up. Why, why Catholicism? Well, quite honestly, it was really the first one that, that I, I looked into. And what I love about it is um, it and why, you know, let me shoot a question back to you. Uh, why, why are there so many Catholics being martyred? Um, it's because we don't change our faith. Uh, the Catholic faith is, is uh, it, it, it's, it's black and white. It's, it, 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 uh, it goes against there, there's a current of the world mm-hmm. and the Catholic faith walks against that current. And so we get rubbed on, on a lot of different things. Um, it's because it's, it holds its truth. I like that. It's deep. It's, it's the oldest Christian faith that there is. A lot of the other Christian faiths are based off of it. Um, it opens up to you as like a flower. It's, it's deep. Um, you start going to daily masses. I go to daily masses um, and it's, I, I think as, as, as you get into it, it slowly opens up more and more to you. And I just love the history of it. I love, I love uh, the saints. Uh, there's so much to learn from it. And, and uh, now understand if there's other Christians listening to this, uh, hey, same Jesus, right? I mean, it's just, it's a vehicle. Uh, well, we have we have listeners from all over. I'm just I'm always curious. I'm yeah, one, you know, yeah. So I'm, not, reverts, yeah. You know? I'm not one of those that says, "Man, join the Catholic faith, or you're going to hell." I don't I don't believe in that. Um, hey, Greg, we we officially have to end this, dude. Yeah. This has been great. Uh, I I strongly encourage our listeners to get your book. Uh, I think our Rotary Club bought a whole bunch of them, so I'm gonna they did. Yeah, it was really yeah, cool. So I'm definitely getting one from the Rotary. Um, secondly, again, I just your story needs to be. Told. It's a great story, and I think uh, so. Good, you know, good luck. God bless on on getting out there, getting the story out there because it, it is one that I think so many of us can can relate to, and it gives us gives us hope. So, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks, Joe. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, thanks for joining me today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulus. It's time to man up. Man up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness. 